Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Welcome to another episode of Everything Is Personal. As always, my beautiful co-host, Mr. John Small. Oh, I thought you were talking about our beautiful guest, but thank you. I'll take it. I'll well, take I said it. co-host. Was that a was that a woodpecker? What uh, was that sound? I think that was supposed to be the sound of a bong, but it doesn't really sound like a bong. I've got to find a better sound effect. For a bong. Why don't you just record me doing a bong? Hit? Yeah, that's true. That probably <laughs> be the most accurate. But thank you. It's um, wonderful to be here. I'm super excited because I'll tell you, uh, we have an amazing guest, but also a friend who I haven't actually seen in a while. So I'm super excited to catch up. So this may be like a little bit of talking about what's new, exciting and all that stuff. So I just want to introduce our guest, Dr. Shamila Patel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a mess, man. Yeah. <laughs> just the funniest this, this is why we need to get an audio engineer. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> CEO... Green Tech Laboratories, a practitioner of Ayurvedic medicine, plant medicine. I believe there is also some yoga, some Kundalini, some sound uh, healing, meditation, mindfulness, all that stuff. It's so amazing to have a doctor who's looking at the entire body, all the different things that are going on with our bodies and looking to see what we can do to actually heal people and not just like give them a shot for something acute. So I may have not done the best job of introducing Shamila, but welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Len. Thanks, guys. Thanks, John. It's such a pleasure. It's been uh, a long time since I've seen uh, you, Len. So excited to hang out with you for a little while and you as well. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Strikefire. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mr. Strikefire, Jonathan Small. Thank you. It's really nice to meet you. We haven't met, but now I'm really intrigued. Can't so wait to hear about you. So tell us what you've been up to. So first of all, give a little bit of a, a background and introduction because I probably missed uh, <laughs> 20, 30 years of stuff. I don't know. Not, not that you're that old anyway. I'm just saying there's been years of stuff that I probably missed. So get us uh, up to speed with uh, a little bit about yourself and then what have you been up to lately? I'm a medical doctor, uh, as you may have said, also an Ayurvedic specialist <laughs> and a yogini. And basically what I have been up to is, as you'd mentioned, I founded a company called Green Tech Laboratories, yeah. and we are a biotech Ayurveda company. So, I mean, and I don't really, 
I can't really explain exactly what we do under this <laughs> umbrella, except to say it's definitely multidimensional. <laughs> what's, what's Ayurvedic medicine like for our, our listeners? What, what does that mean? So Ayurveda is the science of life. So in the Hindu Vedas, in the, in the ancient Indian traditional culture, the study of the science of life, which included, but was not limited to obviously botanicals, but also the energy that is flowing through the body and various aspects of that. So Ayur means life and Veda is the study of, so study of life. Is that have to do with energy and, and there's elements that are involved in that, right? So you're, you're connecting to certain elements and then there's certain things that you would do to be able to get everything in balance is that kind of how, how it works? I don't yes. know a lot about it, but just stay from a <laughs> novice. Kind so of Ayurveda, yeah, it's based on the constitution of five elements, earth, wind, water, fire, and ether. And these five elements are all participating in every essence of your body, every part of your body. Mm-hmm. They create three constitutions, vata, pitta, and kapha. So vata is air and ether, pitta is fire, and kapha is earth and water. And so this is what makes up the human constitution. And also everything that we see in our reality is made up of these five elements, which in the Vedic sciences, we call panchabhuta. So Mm. the five elements. Very cool. So I knew just enough to be dangerous. How do you implement that in your practice or what does that look like? So my clinical days are long past. What's happened is prior to, I'd say 2012, Mm-hmm. Um, I had medical centers and we were actually certifying patients for cannabis. At that time, I was just getting into what am I going to do with my practice? I come from a background of general surgery. And so this is, you know, trying to transition in more recent years, I've kind of evolved with the technology of the Vedic uh, sciences and infusing that energy into the botanicals. Initially, it was with cannabinoids and Ayurvedic herbs, then it turned into just Ayurvedic herbs, and now I'm going straight for the tech. So mm. energy into nanometals that are mm. then programmed a specific way, and they're quantifiable and measurable in the laboratory setting. So we're using subatomic particle physics right now. How does somebody engage? Like, Can you walk us through a process uh, so we can understand? Is it like a consultation and then there's a product that's out of that or is it you're doing the tech for other people's products so they can be energetically aligned is that kind of how it works right now i'm focused on uh, a brand it's called Mm -hmm. shakti energy in motion because we know that energy is in motion all the time and so what we're doing is purifying and potentiating molecules Mm -hmm. and we do that through the use of mantra tantra and yantra which, mm. um, again, are somewhat esoteric in nature, according to, I don't know, the world. But right. in India, in the Vedas, um, very powerful for eliciting a specific response, right? right. So mm-hmm. if a patient was to reach us via our website, we mm. would probably direct them to a practitioner. I mean, I, I've taken some consults lately, but most of my clinical work has kind of um, been redirected to other clinicians. And I'm really more of the alchemist in the laboratory, like the mad scientist measuring bio photons. Oh, that's (laughs) so cool. To see see how much energy is actually present in the molecule, whatever molecule it is, whether it's a a plant molecule, a water molecule, a cell uh, from the human body. Right. And so, yeah. um, So so 
So does that mean that there's vibrational energy that you measure and you want to align that vibrational energy with the individual's vibrational energy? Uh, so there's uh, some magnetic elements to that. So they're attractive. So you're getting the right type of uh, uh, you know, formulation or whatever the solution is for that individual based on that vibration. So basically what's happening is let's take the example of COVID because COVID yeah. is kind of like the big topic right now. Right. So what we've done is in the last six months, we've developed, I've developed a product that is measurable and quantifiable. And what we've done is we've purified these nanometals and we've programmed them with information again, which actually lights up the body, like a biofield, like a, like a light bulb being is a 50 watt light bulb and a virus or a bacteria, anything, any unseen biological predator comes towards you. Right. <laughs> well, you would, for example, take our product and you'd light up to like a hundred Watts. So you're actually so bright that the virus has to wear shades <laughs> in a nutshell. That's, that's pretty cool. And so by doing that, by increasing the biofield, you're able to actually neutralize the mm-hmm. predator, whatever predator it is. So on a vibrational level, frequency, absolutely right. resonance, you know, the sound components are definitely present mm-hmm. through the use of the mantra, which is psychoacoustic yeah. technology. But so um, yeah, what, what is the actual, it's pretty deep. Yeah. It's really cool. No, it's a, I'm trying yeah, to understand um, what the uh-huh. f- actual physical product is that is scaring away the COVID. Is it, you said metals, is it, what is the form factor we're talking about here? Sure, sure, sure. So what we've done in our product called Shakti Energy and Motion, right, is we've taken three nanometals, copper, silver, and gold, mm-hmm. and we've infused them into a structured water, which mm-hmm. is also programmable, right? We know water, our body's made up of 80 mm-hmm. plus percent water. Mm-hmm. So very important. And it's also a microcomputer, right? Water mm-hmm. is a microcomputer. Our mm-hmm. body is made up of that. And we're the most advanced human technology. Remember, it's not a machine. It's us. We are the most advanced human technology. So what we've done is we've actually, I have infused a specific quantifiable energy into the nanometals that is measurable. We check the electrical conductivity, we check the biochemical reaction or the biochemistry, and we also measure it against quantum theory and quantum properties. Mm -hmm. And then that is consumed by the human and voila, you turn into this big bright light. It's like light in a bottle basically in a nutshell. Wow. And you mix it, you mix it in your water. Yeah. We mix it into the water and it's a consecrated water and you mix it into your own water. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. Consecrated water. water. What does that mean? Consecrated water. Well, it's purified. Yeah. It's purified and potentiated. Wow. Absolutely. It's it's blessed water. It is. The source of creation is absolutely running through that water. I I would have to say so. Yes. So I just kind of shift because my ADD just kicked in and I remember you were traveling somewhere when it was like miserable out, but you were somewhere where it was warm. Were you uh, traveling somewhere in the islands or something? Not that- yes, I was. This last year, I've been in three different uh, bohemian locations like that. I was in Hawaii. Then I was in the Caribbean and St. Vincent and the Grenadines, and then finally landed up in Cabo. Mm. and um, just recently got back to the Bay Area. Well, so, now I'm in Tahoe, right? So <laughs> when, when, you were, when you were traveling, uh, was it for business or pleasure, a combination of both? It was a combination yeah. of both, business and pleasure, yeah. Are the Caribbean islands, like the Grenadines and all that stuff, or is that a business uh, opportunity that you're, you're cultivating there? 
I actually was invited by a group down there to do some consulting on a uh, medical cannabis and a mycelium project. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, because that seems to be the next big topic. Right. <laughs> so I, I kind of knew that a little bit. That's why I wanted, I wanted to do a segue. <laughs> so is that something that you are looking into? As you said, the new frontier, more psychedelics. And is that an area of interest? Let's put it this way. And it's interesting you asked that question because I think you and I had a brief chat about this on text. (laughs) Is that although I can say 100% factually, I have been a psychedelic warrior for a long time in my life. In the recent months, especially since COVID hit, I've had kind of a, a talk with the divine and I've really started to laser focus on bringing in a specific type of energy that the planet needs right now. And mm-hmm. so I have, I'm a wealth of knowledge and I'm happy to share the knowledge with those individuals that are working on those projects. Mm-hmm. However, my main focus is strictly moving towards um, advancing human technology. And I believe that those plants, those sacred teachers, those really powerful tools for transformation that exist on the planet are valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise they wouldn't have been created. You have to honor them, right? For what they do and how they help you. And then you kind of, you know, get spit out on the other side of of that vortex into a new level of awakening and understanding where um, you you pretty much can uh, imbibe the energy around and start to feel the effects potentially of the uh, growth that happens from, you know, those tools. I had a little bit of uh, really shocking news right before the uh, podcast recording, and uh, it sort of highlighted for me how people are affected mentally during COVID, you know, because I have a mindfulness practice and there's things that I do uh, for myself. So maybe I take it for granted a little bit how it's affecting everybody else. Like besides the virus, we have a parallel virus that's going on. You know, mm-hmm. uh, people's finances, people's mental health. It's, it's a huge, huge issue. Is there anything that you can suggest for people to really do and, and work on right now to get their mindset and their body and everything in flow with, uh, with energy? Absolutely. There, <laughs> that's like opening up a can of worms, lad. <laughs> you have three I'm hours. Just going, I'm just going with the flow. I don't know. <laughs> there, we, we don't prepare for these things. We just go. So. <laughs> Well, there's so many different things that you can do, you know, I mean, um, one of them, one simple thing is just sitting with your palms faced up Indian style on the floor, grounding your root chakra into the ground and creating an anchor there and then just surrendering, you know, closing your eyes and taking some deep breaths and just, you know, in and out. I mean, that's the most primal basic way to kind of slowly start to Mm -hmm. release all the information that could be creating a physical manifestation of discomfort in the body. So taking a deep breath, I think the value of the gift of life, the breath of life is probably by far the most important primary action for the human is to have that pranayama, to have that exchange of oxygen <laughs> to the brain, mm-hmm. especially with stress, you know, that that's really important. And then of course, I always do some ohm chanting and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get into some mantra, you know, I can, I could say a mantra for you right now. If you guys want to close your eyes. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I don't know yeah. if I can get on the floor because I need my mic, but I'm going to, I'm going to put your feet. Yeah. Put your I've feet rooted. in the ground. So they're, uh, they're so you're bound here you know. in the ground. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right, here we yes, go. Yes. Close your eyes. Okay. And then 
slightly tilt your chin upwards with a mild focus between the eyebrows. Take three deep breaths in. So we're gonna inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. One more time, inhale and exhale and feel calm. Om, 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 Om Sahana Bhavatu, Sahana Bunaktu, Sahaviryam Karavabhai, Tejasvina Vadida Mastu, Mahavid Visha Bahai, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Should we it's just should, a little we, clearing the energy? Yeah. I'm so happy you did that. <laughs> First of all, it feels amazing. Second of all, since it's recorded, people can now use this to right. use this as a as a mantra and listen to it over and over. Like super grateful for that. It's amazing. Yeah. What did you say? What what did you say in your mantra? Can we translate it? <laughs> no, yeah, word for word. I'll, I'll give you the cliff notes <laughs> okay. for it. But basically, it's a it's a Shanti mantra, mm -hmm. and I could sing it too, but I think that's a little too much. So basically, what it's saying is that you know, peace be with me, peace be with you, peace be with the divine, and let us work together in harmony. Um, let us not be em enemies, or let us not create, foster any kind of negativity, and let us be at peace together. And really, what that does is it just kind of clears the space and the energy. You can say it over your food. You can say it whenever you start to feel stressed out. But what it does is it just brings you back to a state of peace, and that's what the planet needs right now. That's for sure. Yeah, it's that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, <laughs> one last question about breath. Uh, before mm -hmm. we go into the questions, is it because there's different types of breathing? So, you you know, you do like breath of fire, like a, a more intense kind of breathing. You breathe through the nose, you do yoga breathing and all that stuff. Is there a certain type of breathing that you should do at certain times to be able to relax? Is one to be able to get energy? Uh, do you have any guidance on that? Yeah. Um, so usually with the breath, the pranayama, there are obviously different types of pranayama that you can do. Mm -hmm. The most foundational one that I've seen that helps me is mm -hmm. Sukha Kriya. Sukha mm -hmm. is a state of peace and happiness, right? And it's, it's a Kriya too, in a sense that you are balancing the left and the right hemispheres, which we call mm -hmm. the Ida and the Pingala. So you're creating kind of like an infinity sign as you're doing the breathing, which gives you that state of balance, right? Divine balance. Right. So I really encourage that as a, as a base practice that people mm -hmm. should do every day. You might've seen some practices when you do your yoga or you go to uh, like Bikrams or something mm -hmm. like that. They, you know, yeah. it looks yeah. like a dog. Uh, yeah. That's really initially when you do it at the beginning, it is to increase your fire. And when you're breathing out with your palms facing down, it is excreting that fire from the body, extinguishing the fire out. So those are a little bit more advanced, I would say, in terms of moving energy around the body. But the Sukha Kriya is basically your left palm face down in your lap. And then you take your right hand, your thumb and your pinky. Mm -hmm. And so you put your thumb on your right nostril and you always exhale out the right. left. No matter what you do, always exhale out the left nostril, then right. inhale, 
Yep. Inhale out. So yeah. exhale out the left. Inhale yep. the left. Yep. So and then take the pinky and then exhale out the right. Inhale out the right. And then exchange back to the left yep. and exhale. And yeah. you just keep going back and forth with that inhale, exhale. And it really just creates a sense of balance within you. Yeah, that's that's the one that works for me too. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I love that. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that Which one. I'm excited yeah. about that one. So it's just through <laughs> your it's just through the nostril, not through your mouth. Just through the nostril, not yep. through your mouth. Your mouth okay. is closed. Yeah. Yeah. And you well, really want to do it slowly. There's no rush. Nobody's running after you, right? The idea is to be able to allow the oxygen to permeate into the brain, into the right. nasal cavities, through the body, and really just slowly exhale out. Just imagine infinity. You're just chilling. Yeah, it's a know? beautiful technique. <laughs> just for I'm making no recommendations, even though we have a you know a medical professional here, so uh, Camilla can make recommendations. I cannot, but I've had this experience with several people that were having sort of like about to have a panic attack, and this mm-hmm. is uh, something that I work with them on. And mm-hmm. by the way, induced by cannabis that wasn't aligned with them correctly, I would say, and they were starting to have a panic attack and doing that breathing completely grounded them. It got them out of that space. And it was just amazing, amazing technique. So if people are looking for that and they're saying, you know, uh, heart's racing, I'm I'm starting to have that, do that type of breathing. I think it's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to jump in to our questions and you already kind of prefaced, you know, your, your stance on cannabis, but, uh, and, you know, answer whatever you feel comfortable with. But the first question, the first question is, please describe your first experience with cannabis. Oh my gosh. Okay. Are you ready (laughs) for this one? (laughs) Yeah. In my high school parking lot, (laughs) when I was a freshman in high school, I won't name the school. I was actually on debate team and my partner was a hockey player, but he used to get stoned all the time. And I always smell this like weird, funky breath that he would have like, dude, what is that? Smell like he smoked a really bad cigarette. Like, what is that? And he's like, dude, it's weed. Don't you know what weed is? I'm like, no, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a good one. And so we went out to the van where everybody was getting stoned and I took my first puff on a joint and then went into debate and crushed it. <laughs> nice. That's, that's sick. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. So you had a positive experience. Yeah. It helped you focus. I did, I did. I had a really positive experience. I didn't know what was happening, but I, uh, I was open to it and, uh, it was, it was good. I yeah, was John, excited. Can you ask that question again? Cause I think I slept on. Your no, I just said it helped. Did it help you focus? Like, why do you think it made you so good at debating? I believe that I was tuned in and I didn't really know why I was tuned in at the time. Um, and it, you know, it led to consistent use all throughout. I mean, all, all the way until, you know, very recently actually. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say I'm a prodigy of the seventies. Let's leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Likewise. We're, we're, we're both on the same page with that. Uh, and it's actually, I, I know so many athletes that would do the same thing. I mean, I'm not an athlete, but I played hockey. That was my sport. So I would do that same thing. It definitely helped me help me to focus a lot more and help me tune in, as you said. That's a, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Len, okay. you know, I used to play girls ice hockey too, right? In high school. Oh, cool. We should do a scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked out of three leagues uh, for fighting. So that was a, oh, you're a bruiser. 
That's as good yeah, as I were you the enforcer. Were you the guy they put out in the in the ice? To, and- no, I just I just had a very short fuse. So it was like somebody checks my teammate and the next if I'm out there, that's the first thing I'm doing is I'm going after that person. That's that's all I can think about. Remind me not to go ice skating with you. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, um, I, I have a friend, uh, Riley Cote, who is uh, who is uh, a uh, an enforcer for the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, he's he's big in cannabis now too, and he was he led the league in penalty minutes, I think, one year. And that's he said that was his job. Like he goes out, and it's not something that you you have to kind of enjoy it a little bit, I think. But it's your job. You like, just go out, and that's that's what you're in the team for to be an enforcer. Right yeah, now. those are often the guys that have all the brain injuries and the problems. Ex- yeah, exactly. I need I, I'm a, I'm a little guy, you know, so I don't I'm not really enforceable looking. Like I'm not that guy that comes out and like big guy that enforces. Anyway, I wouldn't mess with you. <laughs> it's the Philly yeah, thing, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll just you know, I'll be the center forward, and you can just you know, do his thing. It's it's all about. I'm just going to do some breathing, and I'll be I'll be fine. I didn't have the the breathing technique at that at that age. All right, John and I are both music guys, and uh, like music is a big part of our life. Is there a music genre or a go-to album or something that like you go to? This is what I listen to. This is what connects with me. We haven't discussed this yet, but I used to have my own record label. And I also was kind of a very heavy Goa head in that uh, I had my own recording studio and I used to produce and DJ electronic music oh and God, started a nonprofit for sound healing and Actually, we did some really amazing parties at Alex Gray's Chapel of the Sacred Mirror in uh, New York before he moved upstate. So the chapel was a really great space for like um, sound healing immersions and electronics with psychedelics. <laughs> it was like the whole exactly. thing going on. That <laughs> was pretty cool. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a fun uh, time in my life. And yeah, so I like elect. I like. Uh, down tempo electronic. I also play the classical piano. I play the trumpet. I sing. Um, I love singing mantras. Now I'm more of the Kiritan type. <laughs> I can say it. I've kind of transitioned a little bit into more organic sounds and things like that, but I'm heavy into music. Absolutely. And I would go I, there straight away. I think we should uh, get your music label back uh, going. And I'm ex- uh, did, yeah, do I mean, so I'm, a, John's I'm a, DJ. a DJ too. See my, this is DJ Kid Finesse. Behind yes. me, yeah, I'm more of a hip hop, but I used to love. I don't know if you ever. There was a sort of phase of like, well, I think it was Bangra music with hip hop, like uh, trip hop. There was like this thing in the trip-hop. '90s that came out where it was like mixing Indian influence with hip hop influence, and was like one of my favorite yeah, yeah. things I've ever heard. I love. Well, there was that. a big go. There was a big go influence there. Uh, oh too. yeah, it was coming back. And they were yeah. mixing it together. I remember that. Yeah. I well, love that. you know, um, one of my ex-boyfriends who's also really still a dear friend of mine, his name's Radio Hero, and he um used to do these mashups with like classical Hindustani and mm. like Tabla Beat Science meets yeah. like the, the the like drum and bass and like you know oh, more into the hip hop stuff. And yeah, so I we've made a couple of tracks together that are pretty fun and cool. And um yeah, so I mean, I've kind of like woven in that Indo ethno culture, the world music scene with like the tabla thing, and then obviously the psytrance, full 100, 142 beats per minute to, you know, 145, 148. So I can get up there. You're even the faster coolest person sometimes. I think I've ever talked to. <laughs> right? <laughs> She's a doctor, a DJ, a, uh, I mean, alchemist. come on, an alchemist. <laughs> like, give me a break. Like, 
breathing expert. Okay. Anyway, super, anyway. super cool. <laughs> yeah. We, we can, yeah. we can geek out on music. We, we should have another show and have you back on all we'll sure. talk about is music. Music awesome. is a big, house music was my thing from a, from a DJ standpoint and, and hip hop, but introducing all those genres. Cause uh, when I was, uh, when I was working at tower records, like everything was there, you're thrown into everything. And, and half the, the job is you're listening to music that just, there's new music. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. What is that? And it's, it was just such an amazing experience. Um, next question is, what has cannabis meant in your life? Oh, <laughs> wow. She is Shakti for sure. <laughs> there is definitely some power in that mama. There is no doubt. And she has given me the buffer to really uh, help me go through my processes and phases of life. There's no doubt she's sacred and divine in every way. And she also has her place, just like all the deities in the Hindu culture, or you could say uh, there is a time and a place and a space for everything. And I've really started to understand that now. And without her, I'm not sure how my evolution would have transpired because I couldn't see beyond that. But as you know, uh, Len, I was definitely like global cannabinoid science, world thought leader in cannabinoids, all that stuff, uh, because originally Green Tech started out as a biopharma company and we got the first permit in the city of Berkeley to R&D cannabis. So there's that whole other side to me Mm -hmm. of like the canna, canna, canna. And then prior to that in the Goa scene and, you know, I remember going back to India and having my first chillum, you know, with the hash Mm -hmm. and the tobacco and I was like, boom, shunker. And you're like, (laughs) And then I know it's just kind of weave through life. So she's had a very big influence in my life. And I'm really grateful for all the lessons and all the protection and all, you know, all of the energy and information. And now it's just that because I live in a multidimensional world every day, sans any tools, (laughs) it becomes a little bit distractive for me because I want to go and do other things. And I really need to focus right now on what I'm doing, which is bringing in source of creation, infusing it into products or even into human transmission and advancing human technology. Right. So there, again, is a time and place and space. I think people should understand because this plant is inside of us and it'll take you where you need to go. And when you need to move aside, it's okay. You can move away from it. And that's why, you know, people talk about drugs and all that stuff. It's not like that in any way. And that, that's a great example of being able to be guided on this journey. And then there's a fork in the road and you take it another turn. And who knows, maybe it'll come it's, back. It's not, not. End, it's not like if I wasn't in the mountains in the Himalayas on top of like some beautiful place and there's some Manala cream that's like presented to me on a, on a silver platter in the temple that I may not indulge. I'm not saying that I'm, you know, um, strict none on it, but (laughs) I'm just saying that at this point in my reality, I've chosen to keep her in her honored, revered space. And for me to continue on my journey of exploration, because as a human, it's experiential world, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Beautifully said. All right. So this question is an interesting question, at least for me. I love this question. Some some (laughs) guests kind of are are taking it back, but please describe what your room looked like growing up. My room, which one? (laughs) Whichever one you want to describe uh, when you were growing up, just whatever that looks like. Before you went in that parking lot, the the room. Or or right afterwards. Yeah, right afterwards. (laughs) 
green carpet on the floor. Okay, maybe that was subliminal into the green tack or like the green. Well, it's when you roll when you're rolling your weed and it falls in the carpet. It just blends in. (laughs) Well, he said before I was in the parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) So I had this really interesting like. Well, whatever. It was a green colored carpet and it was kind of like that pea green color. I had a wooden, like a Scandinavian design double trundle bed. So when girlfriends would come over to spend the night, you know, you could just pull the bed out and it has its own thing. Wait, um, did, did, it, did it also pop up? Like, yeah, it popped out? up. I had the you same exact bed. Design, no, I had the exact <laughs> same bed in my, in my room. Like you pull it out and then when I had sleepovers, I don't want to pull. I don't want to lift it up so the guy isn't yeah, exactly. sitting next to me. So he's down. Yeah, I had the same exact bed. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the time when that was out. You know, in our genre, right. in our age, <laughs> in our time. <laughs> and then I had the matching study desk and a bookshelf, where I had all my trophies. I was like into the Miss Teen Kalamazoo and Miss Teen Michigan, and did all those like beauty pageant things. And right. and I was also an ice skater. So you know, I had this huge poster of me and doing like a ice skating thing one time. And, Lost Night Serena in Detroit, in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan, where I'm originally from. And that was it. That's as big as the room was. <laughs> so cool. That, I dated a girl a from Kalamazoo, picture. Michigan. Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe maybe Shamila knows her because there's only 15 people in the whole town. Uh, yeah. Derek Jeter. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> he is from Kalamazoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went no, she went to Kalamazoo. She went to school in Kalamazoo. She, she was actually from a different part of Michigan. Yeah, Molly Greening was her name, but um. Oh, Molly! You know Molly. I love Kalamazoo, Michigan. I just love saying yeah. it. I love yeah. saying the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Shamila, this has been amazing. Where can people find uh, more about you? So we have a website. It's not as fancy as it could be right now because we're so busy in the lab. But um, Green Tech Laboratories, I-N-C, so G-R-E-E-N-T-E-C-H-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-I-E-S-I-N-C.com is our website. And info at Green Tech Laboratories, Inc. is an easy way to reach us. And there will be more stuff coming up um, over the next few months as we start to launch the Shakti Energy in Motion brand. My, let's see, my Instagram is Sharmila Shakti. S-H-A-K-T-I. And um, yeah, we should have a conversation sometime about Shiva and Shakti. I would love to do that. <laughs> Rock Shakti. Yes. I, that is so cool. Yeah. So, so grateful. I, it's so good to catch up. We we can't let this much time go uh, next no, time. No, so no, definitely need to be able to do that more often. It's a lot of Absolutely. Fun. As soon as, uh, you know, COVID kind of clears up a little bit, I, I'm, I'm going to plan a trip up north. So that's definitely come. Come visit, Len. For sure. Yeah, we'll hang out. Time. We talked about doing this together. Remember? I know. Time ago. I, know, I know. All about timing. So right now, the timing is going to be right. <laughs> So perfect. perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. It's great. Awesome. You guys, Thanks it's such for... a pleasure to hang out with you. Nice. And John, it's such a pleasure to meet you. Such I a pleasure to, to meet a... you. Let's let's get on the tables <laughs> together and cut it up. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Bye. Take care. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Another one of your amazingly cool friends. I mean, people are just I love people. Yeah. People are just so cool because you never know. Like, you, I didn't know a lot of this stuff about Shamila. I had no idea. Did you know you that know, she was this, a DJ? 
Damn, you know, Goa? Like, so her, her and I, we, we talk about so many different things and there's elements of things that are trickling in. So now I remember like this element, that element, but there's so many things it's hard to remember. So how about hockey player? I know. Uh, hockey skater, player, DJ, DJ doctor, yogi, surgeon, meditator, surgeon. surgeon yeah. Um, Yogina, she yeah. said. I never heard that term used before. Wow. That's, that's a cool, that's a cool, cool person. Yeah. Anyway, before we dive into the, what we're going to talk about one who wonders, I want to, I want to kind of uh, put something out there uh, more on the medical cannabis side. So indulge me for a second. Please do. I was talking to a couple of doctors this week and I was going over reports and talking about what we do at endo DNA and all that stuff. And uh, I was talking about DNA. And one of the doctors actually asked me DNA 101 questions. And I had that happen to me several times this week. Like, what is a variant? What does that mean? What do you mean? What, is it, what does it mean when it's a CC? I was floored. I never really knew that doctors didn't know anything about, not everybody, of course, as many doctors know genetics really well. But I was floored. I had no idea that your doctor doesn't really understand DNA sometimes. And it's like, it was just a mind blowing experience. So when we talk to our healthcare professionals in general, that's a conversation you may want to have and talk about, you know, your body's blueprint, everything starts with genetics. And then you talk about a plan on your epigenetic, but I just found it really interesting. I had to go back and do sort of DNA one-on-one and talk about my best analogy is when I talk about DNA, and that's your blueprint that you're born with, where you can kind of switch things on or off. And I talk about these uh, genotypes, right? So we right. have these nucleotides and people are like, well, what is that? So I, I'm just going to give our audience an analogy so they understand what it is. I've said it before, but I want to repeat it. So our computers speak in a binary code, ones and zeros. And then on top of that, we have a user interface and our DNA communicates through four letters, a C, a T, an A, and a G. And they're nucleotides, and each one of them has, you know, a scientific name for that. But the combination of those letters really give us our genetic code. That's who we predispose. That is the gene that we predispose. And then, based on actions that we do, we can turn those on and off. So I just found it fascinating. If you think that your doctor knows everything, you'd be surprised because doctors learn specific things. Unless you're an integrative and functional medical professional that's looking at addressing the thing that's causing and being preventative. Most doctors are looking at an acute condition. So you have a pain in your elbow, they'll give you a shot in your elbow, they'll give you a cream or something else that's specific to that area. So I just wanted people to have a more conversational type of uh, experience with their healthcare professional. And I'll tell you why this is also important. My, my business partner has an aunt somewhere around 80 years old. And uh, her doctor recommended cannabis for her. Mm. Uh, I don't remember what condition. Great. Really progressive. Uh, she went in. She went to a dispensary. This 80-year-old woman went to a dispensary. <laughs> and she talked to the butt tender. And the butt tender gave her an edible. Mm. And uh, she took an edible. I believe that it was a 20-milligram edible, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was 10 milligrams. She took it. She felt nothing. And she continued to take it throughout the week and she kept doubling up, taking 20, 40, still nothing. Wow. Like, what the hell? 
So we went and looked at her genetic profile, but we looked at the drug interaction. So one of the things she was taking, she was taking a medicine that uh, the THC, the cannabinoid, was uh, the medicine was an inducer. So it said in the report that she has to take 400 times the amount of recommended cannabis in order for her to feel an effect. That's amazing. That's like she's got some sort of iron liver. It's the, it's yeah. the, no, it's, it's the, her genetic it's, predisposition. No, it's the medicine. That's oh. what I'm trying to explain. The medications, some medications, prescription medications that you're on, they can either be an inhibitor or an inducer. So I when see. you combine it with cannabis, cannabis can either inhibit, like I'll give you an example. If you're taking an SSRI, so an antidepressant mm-hmm. or an anti-anxiety medication, if you're consuming that with cannabis, CBD or THC, your CBD or THC can actually inhibit the efficacy of your prescription medication. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting as much. An inducer will be the reverse of that. Actually, it'll accelerate how much your own drug works. So what happened was the medicine that she was taking, the prescription, it actually was so much more power. It was actually accelerating the amount of medicine that's going into your body. So I'm just, that's just as a public yeah. service announcement, make sure that you're looking at the prescription medication you're taking with your cannabinoids, with anything, your plant medicine, your minerals, your nutrients, all that stuff. It all works together. Uh, not, not to give a plug for endo DNA, but we do that as part of our service, but whatever it is, just understand that combining different things that you put in your body is really important to, to know. Now, now that, we can have some. That is fascinating. And when you when you said the word DNA, I immediately thought of this song. This is the band DNA. If we don't know it, yeah, it's the remix of Tom's yeah. Diner. Exactly. Because I thought of the band. It's the only is a band. By the way, the they, perf- the perfect segue to Thank our you. little. You probably feature. remember that. You probably remember that from back in your. Uh, I your love that Tower song. Records I, I, days. <clears throat> I, I I actually like the original too. Oh, the, the uh, original. Suzanne yeah. Vega is very. Yeah. I love her. She's amazing. So this is a question for our category. Our category is one hit wonders again, and we're doing new wave music. Yeah. Is what you just played? Is that considered new wave music? I would put that, that's after New Wave, because I think that came, New Wave to me is a very specific to like the 80s, and it was that post-punk sound that mainly came out of England, very synthy derived. So yeah, we picked New Wave, and it turned out when we picked New Wave, I did not realize this, it's not your favorite type of music. You know what it is? I have a love-hate relationship with the 80s. Mm -hmm. So the 80s, I had an amazing time in the 80s, it was great. But the fashion was like looking back at it, the fashion was so bad, and the music that was played in the radio, I, I just couldn't stand it. I I, I liked. Depends that's what, what radio really station it. you were listening to. Yeah, I know the, what you mean the, the pop, pop radio 40. and all. The, oh but, my! But God. remember, like there was I don't know in Philly, but in New York there was a station. There, there's actually a documentary about this WLIR, which was the Long Island radio station, which played new wave music, and it was like. Yeah what we would now call alternative music, right? It was right. the music they were playing on MTV, basically, like that yeah. in the in the mid-'80s. Um, and I don't know. I, I loved it. I found that I love it a lot more now that I'm older than I probably did back when it was happening at the time because I was a exactly hip-hop it. head anyway. 
have a lot of nostalgia for it. I don't know why exactly. Maybe because it's- that, That's my experience. Yeah. That's exactly what you just said. Back then, I was like, fuck that shit. I'm LL Cool J run DMC yeah, exactly. and I'm not listening to this bullshit. Right. This, this is what like now, the, the posers listen to. Exactly. And I went, so a couple of years ago, uh, maybe more than that now, I was uh, I was dating this girl and we went to an 80s concert, like an 80s revival, whatever it is. So it's like Flock of Seagulls, it's like all yeah, these that stuff over there. And I was like, oh, you know, these guys are all right. Some some of them were like it brings out of memories. Yeah, no. It was, it was, so yeah, it's it's more nostalgic. That's what I was yeah. So, it's funny because I go to those concerts now too, and it's really sad because those people are super old now. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. So I think I mentioned this before, yeah. and then no, hey Tony Loke, if you're listening, man, all, all love, all respect. But the, the dude couldn't, couldn't get through a song. He was sweating on stage, and he was running out of breath, or he was going, you know, uh, wild thing or whatever he was. Yeah, singing. wild. Thing. <laughs> it, uh, was, it was hysterical. That's funny. Yeah, we went and saw. Well, I went and saw The Cure, who were probably, in my in my mind, one of the best new wave bands ever. Not yeah. a one-hit wonder. Well, I and, think they got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, they're incredible. But Robert Smith, who's their main yeah. lead singer, was, yeah. it was so, I don't know, like ashamed about the way he looked that they never, he like hid in the corner and they never, at the Hollywood Bowl, they usually have a camera on you and you can yeah. see it on the big screen. He, you couldn't even see him. He was like in the shadows. I, I didn't even know what he looked like. Uh, it was really bizarre. Um, and then everybody else that came out just looked, you know, they were in their 60s now. And so it's yeah. a whole different, like this, that music is such youthful, dancey music. And it's it's a little bizarre. you know. Yeah, but some old. sound really good. Like the Cure still sounds good. Robert Smith still has it. He looks a little bit, you know, whatever. I mean, like everybody. Uh, I mean, I, era, I, the Cure are the best. Old. The Cure and the Smiths are my favorite. I was going to say, are you a Morrissey guy too? Oh my God. Well, I'm a Morrissey guy as far as his music goes, but his politics are really weird. And yeah. he's... Uh, for my son always argues with me about Morrissey, like, oh, he's racist and all this stuff. Apparently, Morrissey has kind of gone over completely over the deep end. Um, bit, yeah, that's how I was going to not talking about <clears throat> politics. Because we had this conversation, too. Can you separate the politics like Roger Waters? It's a hard one. Yeah. I mean, I do. I can. I, can. I was <laughs> upset to hear that Berlin, another new wave band that I really <laughs> like, played at like Trump's events. And, and they're apparently <laughs> and they're from L.A., which is shocking that they're so like pro-Trump, but apparently, you know, they did that sex and they did, um, uh, Metro, some great songs, not totally a one hit wonder because they actually had a few songs. No, no, definitely not. And I saw them perform and they're, you know, really sexy lead singer, at least back in the day. And yeah, they're like right wingers and it's a little depressing, but, um, you know, I guess I can separate it. Michael Jackson's a little tough for me. That's what I was going to say. That's the one I was going. He's the hardest one for me because I grew up, I, I, you have to understand, I, I owned a Michael Jackson red beat it jacket i mean i wasn't it's embarrassing my love uh, i did jacket. too did you okay yes, I, did. I mean i would i would wear sequence gloves to, you know i i learned his entire billy jean at the motown yeah. awards dance i mean i yeah. he was a major influence in my yeah. life and so when the, all this went down with it and i do believe the victims of this it's just too convincing yeah oh, me too and yeah. uh no. that really bummed mm-hmm. me out so now like sometimes when i listen to his music i'll be like well okay off the wall and and jackson five is like a little bit before <laughs> he was a molester <laughs> i'll take that but as soon as thriller yeah. starts that's thriller, it. i gotta draw the line <laughs> yeah um, and i can't even listen to bad that's yeah. it I'm i done. mean my feeling is yes it's very hard to separate it i but... music is me i look at it this way man like i i try to maybe concert wise this is what i learned because i don't want to give money to those people that, yep but if it's music, 
the music still stands up and it's amazing music. What somebody did in their personal life. It's same thing with movies, man. You have to draw a line where you're not going to see, you know, a Woody Allen movie. You know, I know. Ever oh, did you life. watch that documentary? I know. I don't know what well, to we'll do. We'll talk about another uh, <laughs> exactly. episode for sure. But uh, like, you no, got to be you. able to separate the human being from the art because exactly. now, no. now you're going to be like, I, I can't look at this art because this person did this. And, no. And, 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 this is, it's like my whole childhood is being destroyed, you know, between Woody Allen, another huge influence in my life. I mean, next right. thing I'm going to find out that Steve Martin was some sort of monster as a, as a child, you know, no, he's, I, a, he's a banjo player. Yeah. I mean, there's no way Steve Martin is an amazing guy. <laughs> Michael Jackson, I have decided, I sort of made the decision, you know, I DJ a lot publicly. I used to play a lot of Michael Jackson because there's nothing that can move the crowd, like putting on like, don't stop till you get enough or beat yeah. it or Billie Jean. I don't really play his music anymore. And I feel like it's, I, I also, it's almost like a statement. Like if you start playing Michael Jackson music, there's going to be some people in the crowd. that are like, I don't want to dance to this shit, <laughs> but it, which is too bad. Cause it's fun dance music. But anyway, Michael rest in peace. So new wave. So we picked this bizarre, uh, not bizarre, but we picked this somewhat controversial topic. And I was the one who brought it up because I actually have grown to really love new wave music. Right. Um, as I've gotten older and I listen, it's just based on what I listen to in my car. And it's always like, I, I listen to a lot of Sirius XM and it's, I go between the old school rock the bell station and the new wave, uh, uh, first wave station. Right. So I'm like, these are the music that I just always want to listen to. Okay. Um, but anyway, so we decide, I don't know, we decide on one hit wonders. We could have even done like greatest artists of that era, but we're actually going to go the opposite direction and talk about the artists that had one hit that is super yep. memorable in our lives. <laughs> Do you want to just go first and you go I'll and go, go first. I'll go first in, okay. in alphabetically, I, I would imagine. Oh, you did alphabetically? So well, I, I didn't. I have a, but okay. I but I just I just realized that the first <laughs> one I'm gonna say is definitely gonna be the first in the alphabet. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm so I know which one you're gonna say. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> of my list too. But I so I had a I have a shitload of them. And then what I did was like I went and highlighted the ones I actually like. That's so a good I'm, point. Yeah, like you so could talk like we could talk about Dexy's Midnight Runners, right? But I don't really like that song. And so exactly. screw it. Let's not talk about exactly. that. Exactly. Okay. okay. But they're on the list. But they're right. like honorable mention. Okay. So my Go first choice, and this is a great song, and it, and it has a lot of relevance today, I think, because yeah. I feel like The weekend has been, is so inspired by this band. But Aha. Oh, yeah. Aha. Take, take a Norwegian band, a synth pop band from, Nor from Oslo, <laughs> came out with this song in 85 called Take On Me. Take on me. And it is I'm such a quintessential. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, everything about it is perfect new wave. Like the lyrics being so euro, and you can't even doesn't even make any sense. Like what is? Take well, the on video you? was a big deal. The video that. was huge with a pencil sketch. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big, and that was a thing that people who didn't grow up in the '80s might not realize is how much the video. It's just like now would be probably the TikTok. You know, mm -hmm. has what influence inspired people to or hear it or whatever. But back then and. It was all about the video. So if you saw that video on MTV, and that was a great video, great song, great video, the whole thing just worked. It's a great choice. It's on my list as well. Great. I'm going to go with Falco, Rock Me Amadeus. I is, love... that a new, is that a new wave song? Yeah, it totally is. I had okay. Falco on my list, but here's the thing. He also did Der Karmasar. Remember? No, dun, dun, no, dun, dun. no, no. So I went through the same thing as you, and I did some digging. And, <laughs> and what is it? it? That was fire. Dirk Commissar is after the fire. Right. And what he did, it's their one hit wonder. And what he did is he took that song and re-recorded all in German. 
Oh, and so everybody really more likes the Dirk Commissar. They they like the German version more. Like that's the one that I remember listening to. Yeah, the, the, the one. The, so well, the, yeah. The, so that's so technically he is a one hit wonder with Amadeus. Right. Yes. There is a okay. that is a song that moves the crowd. I tell you, put that if you're a DJ, put on Rock right. Me Amadeus. You will see everybody run out into the dance floor. I'm gonna go now with a band called Men Without Hats. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize they were Canadian from Quebec yep. until I did a little research on them. Yeah. Um, and we all know the song Safety Dance. Yes. And I found out actually a little bit of the origin story, what the hell Safety Dance means. And apparently it was a protest song. You know, mm-hmm. it, it seems like a, it's a political really? song against bouncers who used to not like when people did what was called pogoing, which is like this kind of dancing in the 80s where you would jump up and down like a pogo, like you were on a pogo um, stick. And uh, they were like, allow, you know, we can dance if we want to. We can leave our troubles behind. So it's like, it's basically telling the bouncers to to step off. Um, We're going to do pogo dancing. (laughs) Wow. Serious political stance. Yeah, yeah. That that was deep. That was deep stuff. I I kind of, they're on my list too, obviously. I went and researched and... I actually remember. I thought they had another song, but no, they, they, they didn't really. Men without hats. I and then I always confuse them with <clears throat> Men at Work, which was like a twenty-hit wonder. So we won't even go. There. Yeah, they definitely had. <laughs> All right. So, uh, along with the theme, I'm going to go with Taco. Uh, put <sighs> on the Ritz. Good song. Great and what the name Taco? Like what? What's up? Great. I've name. never never had anything else, and that song was huge. And I like huge. It was a good yeah. song. Okay. I loved this song because it also had a good video. Till Tuesday, um, Voices Carry. Yeah, Voices Carry. And yeah. Amy Mann went on, who's the lead singer in that band, went yeah. on to have a huge career separately and actually put out a really great album in the 90s um, and yeah. worked a lot with my friend Adam Schlesinger. Um, mm-hmm. I love Amy Mann. I love that song, Hush Hush, Keep It Down. Yeah. Now, now I have like a real distinct memory of listening to that, like my first trip to Europe when I was 16 years old. And so, like, I associate it with being in Europe and in the 80s and just, like, having the best time of my entire life. I can't believe my parents let me go to Europe when I was 16 years old by myself. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. But, uh, yeah. But I would listen to Till Tuesday. And, yeah. and you know, she he just, he wouldn't let her talk. She wanted to talk. And then she finally talks at Carnegie Hall really loud. And she embarrasses him. Um, but, anyway, it's a, it's a good feminist uh, song. Yeah. I'm going to go with... Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Oh, great, great choice. I love that song though, and I and I try to see if Soft Cell had more hits, and that that was pretty much it. Yeah, it was first released by Gloria Jones in 1965, but then didn't Marilyn Manson do his? He did a version. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a bunch of uh, yeah covers of uh, Tainted so. Love is a really really cool song. That's a that yeah. was I missed that one. That was good call on that one. I don't know if you like this song, but I kind of do, and it really is. It's the first song they ever played on MTV. And it was called oh, Video, yeah. Video Killed yeah. the Radio Star. And it was The Buggles. Yeah, and they yeah. never, ever had another song, except yeah. that the lead singer of that band, Trevor Horn, went on to become a really huge producer that mm-hmm. he produced The Art of Noise, which yep. had more than one hit. They would have been on my list. And he produced- A lot of hits. Art of yes. Noise. He produced Yes, which is why yep. the owner of A Lonely Heart has that mm-hmm. sound and all yep. stuff. Sounds like yep. Art of Noise. And then he produced Seals, Crazy- and I have to say that if we ever did like best produced songs of all time, that Seal uh, song "Crazy" is one of the best produced songs I've ever heard in my Love. life. Um, so I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a thumbs up to the Buggles for yep. doing "Video Kill the Radio Star" in 1979. Yeah, on, That's like pr- almost pre New Wave. 
but yeah, it's an honorable mention on me because I, I don't love that song, but uh, it, it was the I, first one played on MTV. I kind of so. love, yeah. I don't know why I kind of love it, but yeah, it's not something that I would like listen to every day. But it's yeah, I like it. All right, what All do right. you got? What else you got? How about Modern English? I melt with you. Great, great choice. Dun, dun, dun. Love that song, and I'm like, I thought Modern English had more more songs, but didn't uh, they have one other song that was on the um, Pretty and wasn't Pink a hit. soundtrack? But it wasn't a hit. No. Yeah, this is kind of a quirky novelty song, but I do like it, and it's been sampled some, in some hip hop tracks really well. Thomas Dolby, yeah, blinded me with science. Oh yeah, yeah, right. You mentioned I, it earlier on the show. Yeah, I mean, it's a great video, first of all. And Thomas Dolby apparently took his name because he was so into um, like keyboards and tapes and stuff that his friends called him Dolby, which was based Dolby, on the right. like Dolby sound, which was a kind of type of sound. And apparently Dolby sued him, but lost. <laughs> so Thomas you can't Dolby, call remains, Dolby, but I don't think Thomas Dolby ever did another really famous track. He's sometimes confused with Howard Jones, who also was kind yeah. of one of these synthy nerd type yeah. artists. But Howard Jones had more than one hit, so I, he would have been on my list. But yeah. Definitely. Well, so if we're going along that line, I would say Yellow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a good song. It's such a, isn't that, that's from Ferris Bueller, right? Yeah. 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 But they never, they never had it. Yeah. I don't even know if that's, is that really even a song? I guess it's a song. I, yeah. It's like that Max Headroom thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. That's such a funny song. I just totally associate that with them. Um, you don't like my policies. You can just come on down here and smooch my big old white butt. Cat. Pucker up, buttercup. What? Online too. All right. This is probably the best band name or, or the worst, depending on your perspective. But Kaja Gugu did Hush Too Shy. Shy, shy, hush, 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 hush I do I. I. Yeah, and I that was, I was in doing research, I didn't realize that that was produced <clears> by Nick Rhodes, who was the keyboardist for the for Duran Duran. And it actually came out, I think it came out in 83, and it actually was a hit before any Duran Duran songs really became hits. So it, he produced this record, which became a big hit before Duran Duran even had a big hit. But anyway, very, very cool song. Kaja By the way, Gugu. I just want to say, I want to commend you from, for all your research. I did none, so I don't know anything about any of these songs. I, I got, I geek out. I, <laughs> I, I realize that I, there's, it's fun because, you know, and, and it's okay. I'm, I, I'm just because I'm a total geek. I realize that I don't know anything about the music that I love so much. And I realized like, oh, wow, you can, it's because back in the old days when <clears> that music was coming out, you would have to really seek out information. You have to yeah. like buy magazines or whatever. Now you can just like click a button and well, you're like, oh, okay, I can find everything. I geek screen. out on the stuff that I really like, like when we did our other uh, list, but this one, so, but I, I'm learning from you. So I know I'll, 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 uh, and I, I'll do more. Thank homework. you. Yeah. Please do next time. Glenn. I'm yes. really disappointed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, Are you? Is it your turn? Yeah, it's me. So I don't know if this is. I tried to see if there was any more hits from this band. I love this song, uh, and I think this is it. But uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax. Oh yeah. Why did I not put that on my freaking list? Yes. 
That's a great one. Zoolander, right? Zoolander <laughs> immortalized it. But yes. you mean, I mean, everybody used to walk around with those sh- shirts that say Frankie yep. say, yeah, relax. Remember that? Yep. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about them, but I do love that song. That's a great one. You know what song I really love? It's just a really good new wave song. It's split ends. I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's all I need. I feel like that's such an early new wave song that I just always have really liked. And split ends, it turns out they're from New Zealand. I mean, what's up? New Zealand. <laughs> so get big ups because we don't really talk about a lot of New Zealand bands on the pod. Uh, there's not a lot of great hip hop backs that come out of New Zealand, although I'm no. sure there's probably some. Um, so big ups to split ends out of New Zealand. I got oh. you 1980, very early seminal yep. new wave hit record. What else you got? The dream Academy. Yes. Life in a Northern town. Great I used to love- song. Hey, the only reason I didn't put that on my list is I wasn't sure that was new wave, but I do. That's love- what I, yeah. I wasn't sure. sure it was a tough one. Um, so I'm going to say that that's a great choice. I like, there's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's even a hit, but it's such a great song from the 80s. The Church, which was an oh, Australian yeah. band, and they did this yeah. song called Under the Milky Way Tonight. But didn't the Church have a couple others? They might have uh, had others. Uh, but I did, in doing my research, I found out that the, the lead singer of the Church said that he wrote that song after smoking a joint. Um, so I feel like it's very yeah, apropos for our, very appropriate for this particular podcast. Wish I knew what you were looking for. Might have known what you were fighting The church out of Australia. Love it. All right. Let's do Nina. 99 yes, Love Balloons. They're on my list. Perfect. 99 Love Balloons. Yes. I'll do some research. <laughs> that refers <laughs> and- to a lot of people are always like, oh, that's about nuclear war. And they're right. It was about a time that um, 99 Love Balloons or 99 Red Balloons or Air Balloons were released over the Berlin Wall. Yeah, it was for the Berlin went Wall. Went into East Germany. And um, this mm-hmm. idea that you know, that they were going to shoot them down sort of like sort of symbolized the state of nuclear war and stuff in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, the threat of nuclear war. All right. I'm going to go with, this is a really a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with my last one with this band called when in Rome. Yeah. And they did that song, the promise. And yeah. I'm only picking them because I love that song. Promise. So I love I that promise song. It's a great song. Very kind of late new wave song, kind of right at the peak at the end of new wave, 1988. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love um, the structure of that song. It's such a well-made song. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, a really, really good, good, like, quintessential new wave song. So I have a question for you. I, I put two on the list, and I don't know if this is new wave. So the okay. first one I'm going to ask. The first one is Spandau Ballet. True. I consider I had that on my list, too, and I do consider that ballet. Uh, is, is that a new wave? Because it's a I ballad. Think so. It is. That song... You know, that yeah. song has millions and millions and millions of downloads. Like when I looked at YouTube, I'm like, oh my God, this song out of all the songs has more like five times as many downloads as any other song. And by the way, we didn't even call out the one hit wonder in hip hop that sampled that song. Do you remember? PM Dawn. PM Dawn. That's a great sample. And that's a great, great sample. Rap. Great song. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that's very new wave. The way he's, 
to me, it's like his style of singing, that, that very English kind of like ballady kind of like um, yeah. Frank Sinatra crooning singing. Yeah, I, it's, I it's, love that song. When, when they played it in the, in the dances, that's when you, you know. You yeah, that, the, that's when you called out. your honey and <laughs> with a spoon of with a thrill on uh, my tongue. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a great song. It's on my list. I don't think yeah. I have anything else other than well, those. And then I have a, oh, and Big I have Country. Oh, Big Country, yeah. Because I like I have another song. question for you. Uh, so does Pass the Duchy on the left-hand <laughs> I side. I thought about that. Kind of new wave. <laughs> that's like, no, that's dance hall, right? I mean, it's, I think because they're English, right? It, it seemed like it was new wave. It seemed to, it was always played on the new wave radio station. Right. Like, it was so like would, considered was new wave, I guess. Maybe that's an honorable mention because can you can you classify dancehall and rap music as new wave ever? No. I don't know. Do you know what's a really funny new wave song that you might or may or may not remember? Is that song by Trio called Da Da Da? Do you know? That oh song? yeah, 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 yeah. Da Da Da. You have to give it up to the Germans during. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of interesting. A lot of George Cran. Din Da Da Din Do Do. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Big up to the Germans. Big up to New Wave Music. Thank you for uh, yes. stoking those memories. Uh, do you want to do the Have You Heard? Because yeah, I wanted to do Have You Heard. I sort of right. have the appropriate song this time. This is perfect. I didn't realize our guest's background. I was almost going to play this for her. Alex Wilson. I thought this was so cool. I heard it a few years ago on KCRW, which is the kind of local station out in LA that plays really cool, interesting new, new music. Just check out this combination of styles. Alex Wilson. Okuri. That made Len dance. That's a good sign. Isn't that a cool combination of like mambo Cuban music and and bang, bangra? Uh, yeah, I just love that kind of mashing up of different things. I thought that was really cool sounding. Really cool, man. Yeah, it was, it was a fun song. I was friends with this Indian girl. I was like, how do you do the Indian dance? She's like, well, if you want to start, it's twist light bulb and pet the dog. At the same time, <laughs> so you do the twist light bulb, pet the dog. Oh, that's twist good light to know. Bulb, pet the dog. That's that's you beginning. And then you do the breathing. You go <laughs> with the right hand, right finger, left pinky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is right now my favorite rapper. Okay, of what the moment. It? 
That is a, is that definitely uh, LA based? He's a Compton guy. Yeah, I can t- I can see all the LA references <laughs> in the video. Channel Tress is he? He's he. It, it's interesting. He's from Compton, just like um, Kendrick, because it reminded me, especially yeah. the chorus reminded me a lot of Kendrick. Sexy Black Timberlake. That's, That's he's a sexy song. and not a young man. Seemed a little older uh, to me. He's uh, twenty nine. Oh so my god, he's pretty young. <laughs> I guess he's, he's been... pretty young. He looked older. <laughs> looked like I don't, maybe that it's was just look. makeup they had on him or something. I don't yeah, know. Well, he's he's got a bunch of songs out, really really unique. It's an interesting sound, so I recommend some you know people listen to him. But uh, yeah, I, I find him to be fascinating. I like that kind of style. It's something different and unique. Totally dope. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so wow, what a good episode. I mean, people really Action got their back. money's worth considering for they sure. didn't pay a dime for it. Yeah. You want to start like a, a GoFundMe campaign yeah. or something? Like no, that? I think we should get a sponsor. <laughs> so if anybody's listening to this, that is, uh, that wants to put their money where their mouth is, what a great podcast to sponsor actually. You get, absolutely you get a lot. Well, this has been a, a pleasure. Right. Thank you for opening my mind up to all sorts of new things. I appreciate it. And now you got a new breathing technique. Yeah. I've got a new breathing technique and um, you're off to um, go skiing. You. So you stay safe now. Don't yeah, get too high on those slopes high and watch the trees. You mean high? Oh, you mean high. I yeah, I mean high. And I, and I also mean high. It's a double one. <laughs> I'm going with the kids. So. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, yeah. That's fantastic. Everything is personal. Bye, brother. All right, man. Thanks, man. Peace. Peace.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.